All right, we're recording. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of the Cathode Ray Podcast. It's a very special one today. Firstly, I'm joined by my good friend, Steve Nutter. How you doing, mate? Hello, Lewis. Yes, we're very pleased today to have a special guest with us. That is right. We're joined by Martin Heinfeld uh, from Hello. Denmark. CRT yeah. uh, Moder Extraordinaire. We're going to get through things. So, Martin, how are you doing today, mate? Fine, thank you. Very good, very good. It's. Uh, it, I'm glad to finally be here and actually be here with because I've been uh, talking to Steve for some time to do something. So, we finally got time for it. That's great. That's good. Glad so, first of all, let's sit down. We're going to go through have an audit of the beers we're all drinking. So, uh, yes. Martin, you're our guest. What are you drinking this evening? Yeah. So I'm uh, drinking uh, Kiss My Kiss My Passion Ale, Passion Pale Ale. Passion. It's a local Danish uh, brew thing. Okay. Yeah, with passion fruit. <laughs> it's a pale ale with some a hint of passion, apparently. It's good. Okay, very nice, very nice. What do you got, Steve? Well, I actually have uh, probably the weirdest concoction here in a, in a beer can. This is uh, something from a local brewery in the Nashville, Tennessee area called Southern Grist. And it is a sour, uh, a, what is this called? A sour ale, yes. And it's marshmallow peanut butter and blueberry jelly what? so hopefully <laughs> i don't just vomit all over my camera screen here we will see. after about 30 minutes of drinking this stuff so does it taste good uh, or was it all right to drink? i mean if you like peanut butter sandwiches uh, in liquid form probably say so let's <laughs> is that so american like Ma- martin so, as a martin as a, the color of jelly martin have you ever had a, pe- a peanut butter sandwich martin uh, I don't think I've ever had one like how you would do it in the U.S., but uh, but we have done it before, you know, because everybody hears about peanut butter sandwiches, so we have done it. But I don't know, you know, the the bread you guys have in the U.S. is always so white that you get like blue stains on your retina after looking at it. And I don't think we actually have something that white in uh, in Denmark, but we'll try. It's it's like pound cake. It's not even. Yeah. It's a diff- It's literally not even bread. I laugh. I'm like, I go in there and I'll grab some of that stuff. Uh, from the shelf there's a couple of them oh there's this version called butter bread and that's literally it's just like squishy cake in bread loaf and you know you're like this is not good for you to eat this is fat not and good. carbohydrates <laughs> that's nice right. slap some of that peanut butter <laughs> you on get there some fat on. then just wash it down with this drink here and you'll be perfectly oh, oh my perfectly god american yeah go. absolutely american the eagle flies over and yeah. uh, fireworks <laughs> something blows up that's great. For, for sure. <laughs> Here I'm drinking, uh, tonight I'm drinking this uh, new one for me, the Garden Brewery Pale Ale, and it is tells me that it is from, uh, made in Croatia. Cool. Croatian I beer? There. I don't think I've ever had Croatian beer. No, it makes you think, I mean, I was going to say it makes you think of some real Eastern European shit, but then again, I live in Estonia, yeah. so I can't really <laughs> say <laughs> Probably Estonia is way more Eastern European than Croatia these days, but refreshing, <laughs> gently bitter, and lightly tropical. Okay, delightful. So well, that's anyway, wonderful. Boys. Yeah, normally oh. Lewis and I are recording these episodes, and it's it's you know it's like nine a.m. for me, so I don't get the opportunity like tonight to. It's only just after lunchtime, so now at least it's you know the sun's been up a little while before I can start drinking the drinking beer. your peanut butter ale. Mm. That's right. Yeah, that's oh. so you skip you skip the meal and you just go straight for the liquid diet here. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to be good. But yeah. Mm. Um, Martin so, alluded Ma- to him and I having just, uh, a lot of conversations behind the scenes on just some of the awesome projects he's worked on over the years. And I always wanted 
this was kind of one of the good uh, amazing things about making the show now with lewis is that with the cathode ray podcast i have a an opportunity now to get on a podcast with someone like martin and it's not just me fumbling around talking we actually have a good moderator because lewis is awesome at that <laughs> so uh you know we'll uh we'll get into a lot of the projects that you're working on obviously cool, right now cool. which is some cool new stuff <clears throat> and a lot of the um earlier things that i'd been you know talking to you behind the scenes on for what feels like three years at least mm. um i'm not exactly sure on that timeline but uh, me, uh, me neither. You know, it, it, time flies, and we've had Corona for two years, so uh, wow. Exactly. You know, uh, I, I'm just here still, so that's great. Martin, yeah, so what that you, me, it's probably longer than three years, because yeah, I'm still in the funk where the last two years feels like is it's like eight eight months that never end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a bad dream, but at least we're here. So yes, we're here now. That's it. We are here. So, Martin, tell us, what do you work like? Not like what? What are you just working on in the last week? Like, what are you fiddling with? What are you playing around with right now? Yeah. Okay. So, um, as I, I maybe you noticed, I've uh, started working on this PKM fifteen R uh, protocol stuff, and uh, so I did the small program for the um, for PC, so you can control it with a PC. And then I want to put it down onto some hardware. So I've I've I've, I've took this uh, you know, it's a, a small Arduino thing and a LAN port to make a wireless version of it. So okay. so you only need this part and of course put it into a case or something. But uh, so so this should this should be able to control a BVM A series, uh, hopefully uh, from so across actually, the room. Uh, oh, it actually already does, yeah, from across the room or, or wherever. But it actually already works. I just need to make it, a, you know, a bit more refined or whatever you call it. So that is what I've been working on for now. But uh, I, I have so many smaller projects. Um, also, the um, the PKM 10R, which is actually an 11R version here, um, is also something I've been working on. Uh, I'm changing the layout a bit. Uh, getting some new buttons and stuff like that but uh so just a lot of small projects while we wait for the component crisis or whatever we would call it, the part shortage to actually stop so we can get on with actually making something new uh so that's yeah for now that's what i've been doing uh all this remote stuff but okay. there's a lot of other projects that i want to work in also but uh, so with the yeah. what you showed us with the 15R there, so the mm -hmm. Arduino is connecting to an Ethernet uh, module, and then that's what's plugging the plug that into the monitor, and then the, yeah, the this, Arduino this, is getting Wi-Fi off that. Yeah, this, no, this is an ESP32 which has Wi-Fi, and uh, so that connects to the uh, to the Ethernet plug here, mm -hmm. which goes to the monitor, and okay. uh, so this is then the link to the outside world via the Wi-Fi. And you know this is like what fifteen dollars of worth of components, uh, so you can control it. Of course, it's not very pretty like it is here. And then I wanted to make a small PCB, maybe a couple of buttons, just to be able to do something, and put it into a nice little three D printed case. Okay, that's nice. I think that the, was the um, idea. Liz. The the that module that you spoke about, the ESP thirty two, that's yeah. the same one that the GBS control uses. Uh, uh, I can't remember. I think maybe it's using the ESP eighty two sixty six. Maybe uh, I, I'm actually not sure. It uses something like that. Uh, I think it's the smaller one. Uh, I have one here, here somewhere. You can't see my desk, but it's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's like a really 
just like there's so much cool stuff that I was I never really thought possible and and I was like oh my goodness look what Martin's working on right now like that idea um it it's a it's a brilliant idea to just kind of get away from you could really have your monitor really streamlined looking then because you don't have to have any of the controller uh you know because the next thing you do is you find the controller for a 20 inch monitor and then the controller just sits there or do yeah. you try to track down the little other sony bkm set and by that time you're spending like four or five hundred dollars on just being able to control it yeah and then if something happens to that control unit you're kind of up you know up shit's creek with a pad without a paddle i guess so you got these new ways to get into these things uh i know a lot of people will be super excited too to see that other i mean i saw it even before this you showed it to me the um the 11R remake or the portable mm. remote uh, remake. Mm. Um, now, I guess one of my other questions is when you're when you're going through the protocol on this new project, like what kind of um, how how much functionality are you getting compared to the uh, original? Can you well, just do it, everything? Here you're going to do everything except for uh, you know I haven't looked into the memory card, but otherwise. For now, you can do you know all functions will be exactly the same, because the protocol is extremely simple. So you know I've just put everything in. You know the web server that's going to run on this is going to give a small picture looking exactly somewhat like the original remote, just so it looks a bit cool. But uh, of course the memory card stuff is still another thing, and I have actually no idea how all this memory card stuff works on these P games. I never used it, mm. so yeah. for now it's it's only for fun. I don't know about the memory card, and I was gonna want. I was kind of wondering because there's really only one uh, one practical reason to use that memory card. I feel like, and it's uh, it's to change the firmware mm. on a specific monitor. Mm. So if you're already using your system, wouldn't it just be it would already have its own firmware, right? So it wouldn't. Or I guess is it, it going to use the most recent? But it's the monitor's firmware. You mean though, not yeah, the it's controllers. The monitor's firmware that I don't. I don't know if you can. I suppose you can upgrade the the controller's yeah, firmware also. Yeah, I, I think so. I think you could you can upgrade both. the monitor's firmware via this new. You connection. can, as far as I know. I think yeah. you can. Yeah. I think and you that can. might be a better it, option yeah. because it is a pain in the butt to deal with those those memory cards because it's just those old uh, SRAM cards. Exactly. That you can't look into any new systems. That's for the 10R. The the, the this one, like the 15R uses oh, yeah. this uh, this memory pro memory duo Sony thing crap that uh, nobody <laughs> uses except Sony. And um, I, I actually because I was trying to use all this SRAM stuff, so a friend of mine just had this huge stack of cards. But the problem <laughs> is none of them are actually SRAM, so none of them work. <laughs> Yeah, I was. Uh, and, I uh, think it was. They, they were going to be expensive. I was going to order one from AliExpress, and it was going to be like thirty or thirty-five euros or something for that. Uh, that that's SRAM a cheap version. one, isn't it? Isn't that a cheap one? Because, Could be. Yeah, uh, that's AliExpress one. So yeah, maybe that's the, okay. The I, I have no idea if it works or not. I I, I mm. should be having a, a two megabyte, two megabyte uh, SRAM card laying for me, uh, sitting in in a package shop somewhere. Uh, a guy. Uh, sold me but i have no idea if it's going to work or not because some people say they can only get the original ones to work and blah 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 but what i really wanted to do was getting rid of the requirement of having some ancient technology like sram cards that yeah, nobody uses at all and nobody has been using and everybody has thrown out 
So screw that and let's, let's get it's, some SD card at least. And that's so funny because it's literally something that like nobody would keep. Even like the biggest collector of anything is never going to think, oh man, you know, I better hang on to this SRAM <laughs> setup yeah, just in case somebody... A new firmware it. comes in. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Right. So, they never yeah, would never would have keep them. It's firmware and, and, and settings, I think. If you had a whole rack of something, you could save the settings to them and then in each monitor or something yeah you could i guess you could do that and i guess this was the whole idea you know but none of us are using this in the broadcast studio anymore right. i don't think sony ever thought that they were you know the ten thousand dollar monitors were going to play super mario 3 <laughs> <laughs> you know what 15 years after so yeah. so all this stuff that you can use with i i think you know i want to do it just to try to see if i can, if it, it's possible and then we can remove that requirement, but I have no idea if people are actually upgrading firmwares. Do you ever upgrade a firmware or what? I mean, Steve, I've, ta I I've talked to people like that have done it, but I've never actually had to do it. And that's mm. the funny thing is uh, I've never had to upgrade the firmware and the card that I've got, I've never had to use it, so it just sits there, and the battery in it is dead. So yeah. I've never, <laughs> I've never even tested the card. I don't, and it's a terrible thing to say. Every once in a while, I'll pull it out, and then so if you do, if you do actually need it for some reason, tell me, and you can have this one. I'll send it to you because again, yeah, so that we can try. Yeah, other yeah, than, the other one doesn't work. That's cool. Because this you. one came, this one came directly from Sony. And it came mm. like it says Sony on it. it. It came with my last load I bought from a broadcast studio. Oh, cool! They had the 11R, and it it still had the card in it from when they bought it new back oh, in awesome. 2001. They had like some of the earliest D series monitors uh, I've seen ever, like within the first 100 serial numbers. Oh, okay. And, and so they paid a fortune for them originally. One they of them, have. yeah, one of them had a new tube installed. Uh, they all ended up, I don't own any of them anymore, funny thing enough, except for one that's got a bad tube in it because it had 68,000 mm. hours. So they definitely rode that one. But well, the other when, two. When did, they, when did they say that you should change it? What is 30,000? Yeah, it depends. I mean, it can be 30,000. It gets less uh, long or the bigger the tube, the less it basically lasts. Um, oh, okay. Especially oh. the D series tubes, which the funny thing was, I talked to Save on Pat about this. In the designs of the D series, the the supposedly the hardware could like push way more, um, like it could push more than the tube itself could handle. Hmm. And nice. so a lot of times, just from turning brightness and contrast up way too high on the monitors, you could blow out the tube and make it pop. Oh, really? And so they had whole, you know, safety design. They had a, a new board they added later on in the life cycle of the D-Series. And the only reason I found that out was because one of the three had them installed, and it had a new tube installed in it where the the uh, the whoever was using it did that. They blew the tube out uh, by just – basically, if you crank up the brightness, the monitor a lot of times will just shut itself off, overload. And what? that's a, and that's but if it doesn't shut off quick enough, it'll surge through it and it'll literally it, it, in the server service bulletin from Sony it says that it can crack the neck 
and make like a violent. What? Dang. Yeah, that, that, that seems like a, that, that's that's actually pretty good to know because when I was messing with the BKM 15R remote and playing with the knob commands, you know, suddenly my brightness went to 2000 or whatever instead, and then that could actually be dangerous. Yeah, you know, I don't, don't want to blow out my screen doing this stuff. So you got to put some huh. some safety fail safes in there, maybe Martin or something, yeah, or, yeah. or something maybe. I, I don't know because if this is the D series, I assume they have fixed that on the A series. Okay, yeah, the A series is not. I don't know. It's hard to say. I don't think it's as bad in the A series, but they do use the same tubes, so. But it's I, just I, like they I, redesigned it. Yeah, I think it was with upgraded electronics, basically, wasn't it? I, I, I yeah, yeah, oh yeah. No it's a, it is. It's a. It's a different. It's a different electronic system. Yeah, mm. it's better. It's well, I don't know. You know, it's better for for certain things. But you know more about the A series than probably anybody. God, I do really. Huh. Yeah, come on, oh, yeah. you you spent more time reverse engineering that than probably. At least right? the boards, you know, the the half of whatever was inside that I have no clue about. You know, CRT <laughs> is still some sort of black magic in the end. You know, we we deflect electrons. Yeah, right. Okay, just keep doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does kind of sound funny. You know, like Lewis and I were having a discussion in one of these episodes early on about Aquadag, and that's the. Um, the black paint on the back of the tubes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And how it actually, like, I was laughing because I had just researched it, and it it had, it had serves, like, four purposes beyond just making the tube darkened on the outside. And so you start researching, like, what it's, you know, part of on the system on a CRT, and you are, you're mm. like, what, how the hell is this, like, actually doing this? And, it's like, fun. our, and it's just at enough frequency where our eyes don't, like, look at it, and it looks, like, crazy to us. Because yeah. if our yeah. eyes, if our eyes could see faster, it would look terrible, but and it would have to be faster, but it's just, it's an interesting piece of science. It, it really is. It, it, uh, you know, I've... People say because I've been working on a lot of this stuff, I must know a lot of the insides of these monitors. And a lot of people actually, you know, write me, hey, do you know? And then with some whack question, and it's just like, no, no, I have no clue because it's like it's a deflection yoke and you put in some current and then it deflects and it hits the exact spot on a grid of phosphor. It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> sure, I have no clue about that stuff. I think Thomas Dady is the he's the man. Yeah, ex ex exactly. That that guy knows a lot of stuff. <laughs> he needs an award. Sure. How he's doing that, I have no idea. But he's me neither. But I I suppose it, uh, you know research 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 and uh, uh, you know they have I guess people I've seen people do uh, their own CRTs in their you know in their garage. So I guess you can do something. Maybe it's not that advanced. I have no clue. But to me. The CRT is still some sort of black magic, at least, you know, when it comes down to the actual analog part. You know, I am a digital guy mostly, so uh, so this is where I, I try to stay if I can. Actually, well, Martin, spe point. speaking yeah. of that, um, what uh, education do you have, Martin? What what did you study or do you have your degree or how did you get uh, Yeah, I have a master's degree in computer science. Oh, no shit. Uh, I think it's the, it's the appropriate word. I, I, you know, it's a very long title. Uh, I, I and, and it's like a university degree, masters. Okay. Well, but so, I, I mean, I what? also have a computer science masters degree, actually. But that's software, oh. though. Though you and now you're a hardware guy. Uh, actually, I'm, I'm I am mostly a software guy. Uh, but I, I, I do everything. You hmm. in my daytime job, I, I do mostly software. But we also design hardware, and there's a lot of protocol stuff, and you know. Uh, working with whatever parts, peripherals, and all that stuff. So I'm a. I, I think you, the correct term is a full stack developer 
which most people say that doesn't exist because uh, you, you can't do full stack and they are actually somewhat right because you can't do full stack good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you can't do too much, right? Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, Lewis and I uh, actually were, were looking at a really cool video that was done based on your work uh, recently. And I thought we thought it, I mean, personally, I thought it was awesome because you were even in there, you were talking about your love for retro hardware. And you're yeah, like, yeah. even in my job now, I'm working with people that are using technology from the 90s. Right. And then mm-hmm. you're still integrating that in mm-hmm. uh, it, with your customers and helping them use that. And then you mentioned that your first uh, computer that got you into tech was a Commodore 64. Yeah, yeah. I, I was wondering if you wanted to like elaborate any on that and like your childhood. Is there any childhood memories about this Commodore sixty four? Of the Commodore sixty four, yeah. Well, the the thing was that uh, you know while all my friends uh, had Amigas and all this stuff, I went directly from Commodore sixty four to PC okay. in, in the in the mid nineties or something like that. So I got the Commodore when I was eight years old, I think, or something like that, and. Uh, and I, I remember you, first of all, we just started playing it, of course, uh, like you did when you were only eight. And then as I grew older, I had uh, some of my friends started doing uh, work, you know, programming or stuff, stuff like that on it. And uh, so I guess that was the first time we actually tried to do something with the Commodore. But because I was, you know, uh, like do technical stuff or whatever you would call it. Uh, it should be noted, though, that I was quite young. So a lot of this stuff was, you know, you, you know, you went to the library, you bought it or you not, didn't buy you what do you call it? you've got Bar. a book uh, a board exactly you bought a book and then the, the book is like just full of these codes that you said yeah. and you enter them and then when it comes out it's a syntax error because you missed that one comment right uh, ten thousand yeah. characters uh, before so so you didn't have to go through that stuff so but the whole tinkering with the commodore was what got me tech interested and then um mm. and then it's just been going on from there you know started soldering also in, in somewhere in the 90s whatever it was and uh, doing all these small uh, projects uh, there was a, a company i don't know if it exists in uh, in the us it's called villeman uh, but they made these small uh, kits of of whatever that you could solder together there was a guy put this component here here and here and then you have an electronic dice or or electronic die or whatever something like that a, a meter to you know register sound pressure all that stuff and you know Buying these kits and soldering together was something that I did, and building, uh, building uh, speakers and all that stuff. Okay, was your uh, Commodore sixty four was it uh, cassette or a disk drive? No, a cassette to start with, and then nice. you, you had this book, so you know where to, uh, you know where you had to uh, to rewind or uh, uh, get the tape out to to play this game and that game, and then of course I got disk drives later on. That's crazy. I mean, you said that most of your friends had Amigas and it's interesting. I mean, I grew up in Australia and we were also, I mean, we're a PAL territory and somehow, I mean, we also, I had an Amiga. My next door neighbor had a Commodore 64. That's how I know about the cassette and the drive thing. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's also very similar, like, like how related Australia was to Europe. We had PAL stuff. We had all... We had spectrums and things like that that were not Amiga, that were not common in America. So I understand mm. that. I, I skipped the C64. I had the Amiga 500 
did my basic okay, yeah. program on that, the same thing, type it all in and come okay, up with yeah. something in Amiga Basic and then, yeah, eventually you move on to the PC afterwards. So Yeah, the Amigas was like this expensive thing that especially my cousin had one that when we went there, we always had to play the game called Menace or something like that, which was for one of these, you know, side-scrolling sh- uh, shoot-em-ups. And it was just, you know, because the graphics were really better on the on the Amiga. So, uh, so, so I was like, wow, Amiga. But I didn't have the, you know, the money for it and the end, you know, the Commodore 64, it's, 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 it's a it's a glorious machine and it, it it worked really really good for me yeah commodore 64 is still an awesome machine now did you have the um did you have a commodore monitor to go with that no 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 we used the you know we used the normal tv at yeah. the time i don't even think i knew that there was a real commodore monitor at the time everybody was using the tv Oh. at all the time so uh, so yeah I, I, this whole thing this whole monitor the profession monitor thing is actually very new to me uh, before of course PC monitors and stuff like that I, I have been using but uh, but you know separate monitors is at least something that I've never given really a thought uh, before until like what four years ago or five years ago when I, I got this JVC what that needed this uh, this well, what was the IFC zero one CUMG card, which uh, of which there's a lot of clones, and I also designed one, and this was was when I got into the professional monitor stuff. So it, I'm still very very new to it, actually. That, and that that project on that JVC monitor was definitely the first thing I saw. I remember because I had one of those monitors, the JVC. Mm-hmm. And it was a 15 T or it's a TMH CG 150 or something like that. It's a 15 yeah. inch. Well, they say 15 inch, but it's 14 inch. I, I really liked that two that whole monitor because it cracked me up. It's like, oh, well, Sony's got 13 inch screen. We'll make it 14. And then if you read the document, it was like, if Sony can do 600 lines, we're doing 750. And so it was just like, how do we one-up Sony on each one of these things? So basically, when you tried to go sell the JVC monitor versus Sony, it's like, oh, well, we're one inch bigger than that. Oh, well, we do this better. So, uh, but but the problem I had with that was that that component in an RGB card in that monitor, it's pretty much just as much of a ghost as like the 68X, I think. I, I don't know that I've seen it. I don't oh, know. the original never, ones. Yeah, I've never. I, pers- that's one of the original cards that I've never used. Oh, on, really? Okay. On a monitor, but I have used a lot of your variations on it, and it was actually even before I think the first one I got might have been someone else made it. The guy in New Zealand, James. Yeah, J- yeah, yes. yeah, James, James Vanderloof or something like that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So he made one and or two of them and sent them over to me, and uh, they just worked perfectly. So mm. that was where I remember uh, finding your first work. But then, but correct me, did you do those solo JVC mods before that? Like. I remember uh, seeing on your on your blog page. Yeah, yeah, page. no, no, yeah. The first thing I did was like this, uh, this, uh, yeah, the clone card, uh, which was a, a different version than than the one Jam did. Okay. Uh, but but we all based off the same schematics in the end. But uh, you know, I just wanted to try to do something, so I, so I did that. But then uh, pretty quickly, I got some of these smaller GVC monitors, which needed all this hacker stuff to actually do RGB. So that was a bit after. Uh, you know, all the, the small one was a DTV hundred CG or something like that. Yeah, that's that's what I saw. You have a couple of other JVC monitors, and honestly, yeah. I get questions 
which this is kind of you might find this funny i get people that will write me and they'll be hundreds thousands of miles away from me and they're like do you know about this uh this hack of this jvc monitor and i'm like of course i know about it but they're like do you can we do can we do this of this jvc and i'm like yes but do you realize that you, you know, it's like the last guy I was talking to was in the state of Washington, which is the other side of the United States from where I'm at. So I was like, you realize that you're going to spend $300 yeah, shipping yeah. it back and forth to me. And a lot of times I'm like, I can literally find you an eight inch RGB Sony PVM and just sell you that for the same price as you to send me. I said, Martin's projects like that are really meant. The only way you're going to save money at doing it is to basically figure it out and eventually and it try it to yeah. do it yourself. Exactly. Otherwise, yeah, it's going to come I mean, because it's it's not. I That's what I'm saying. Like the the price, there, there is no price to pay on the amount of time. I, I can't imagine how many hours you have to put in each time to put like to, to devise the plan and actually have it work on your designs for some of those things. But just just to follow the instructions and do it and test it, and not only that, you know, you get the monitor and who knows what kind of condition it generally mm. is in to yeah, begin sure. with. So at the same time, it's like it's not, you know, I'm like it's like five hundred. You're gonna spend like five or six hundred dollars on a nine inch JVC to just add RGB uh, to it. You yeah, know? it makes no sense. You know, the the guides were were actually meant to be, you know, to make it people able to do it themselves because it, it really doesn't make sense to pay people to do this of, of, of course if for whatever reason you really want this specific monitor but I, I made I tried to at least to make the guides so people could follow it themselves but I get I get tons of questions you know where my my guides are kind of way vague uh, you know people don't understand this and that and uh, and then I try to help them out of course and most of the time it go it, it goes great I, but I'm pretty sure some people has has blown stuff also you know, people come in with a huge ass uh, soldering irons and just start uh, <laughs> running these SMD components. It's like, oh, please stop! Uh, but oh. but yeah, the the idea was that people could uh, could do this, and also just to document it. I think I find it pretty important. Just like when you do your videos, you you know, you document procedures and and knowledge. And this is the whole idea of, of my of my blog or whatever we call it that I just want to ha you know have the information out there because I myself I use have been using information like that, uh, so I find it important that we can keep this for for people who are interested and so we can have a it doesn't have to be in one place you just have to be able to search it up on the internet and actually find this stuff you know because a lot of knowledge right now is being lost on facebook and and in closed forums and stuff like that and i don't really like that i, I want to have stuff coming out there so we can find it again later or whoever is interested can actually search it up yeah I, I, that's one of the reasons i really do love your website is because it's always there and it's like you can always go there and find even really old stuff that you had worked on and and like you said that is i try to tell people this social media like especially facebook and um, like instagram they're almost the worst to try to go back and find any mm. kind of archived information yeah, yeah ever really i mean trying to find stuff just from like a day ago is tough enough i, <laughs> I found it like impossible to go back and look at um, work that I've done on posts from two or three years ago. It's like I, you just eventually give up after 20 minutes. And yeah, uh, they're sure. not good places 
to only post your your information, especially stuff like what we're talking about. Mm. Mm. But yeah, um, I re- I, go ahead, Lewis. Uh, Martin, I was I was going to ask actually um, with the promonders thing. What's your general mm. feeling about how? Um, available are they in Denmark? Because I'm I'm interested. Steve's done such a good job at charting out the scene in America, and I think yeah. Europe we're disjointed. We're different countries. Each country's got their own market, their own shipping. There's no way we can be united. Million EU laws, blah blah blah. So it's hard to get a euro wide view. We kind of have to look at each country. How? Yeah, you, what's your feeling about finding monitors locally? It's actually quite strange because when I started, when I started, what four years ago, then I, f- I found it pretty easy uh, to mm-hmm. find stuff. But it it has more or less dried up. But it, it it should we should remember that in Denmark, we have uh, Bang and Olufsen B and O. So uh... and you can get B and Os for 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 five to ten dollars you know for a for a uh, what a 28 inch uh, of course a consumer television but then mm. because they are rgb cable they have great sound and everything they are really really common so uh, the it seems like the pro monitor scene is quite small in denmark uh, the problem i also seem to f- at least face is that uh, the broadcasters simply threw them out <laughs> you know in uh, I, I don't know what uh, 10 or 15 years ago when everybody started moving to uh, to LCD mm. apparently in Denmark because space is usually a premium in Denmark so so you know putting all that stuff in your basement was something people did for a year or two and then they tried to give all these monitors away and then they just threw them out this whole used monitor uh, or used uh, TV at all like you see in uh, in one of the in the Facebook groups the CRT collective and stuff like that uh, you know, where people say, hey, selling this whatever monitor, or not monitor, but consumer television, you almost don't see that in Denmark at all. You can you see P&O, and that's the only thing. The rest has simply been thrown out. The people don't sell, uh, people don't sell uh, TVs at all. Then there's, of course, some broadcasters has, you know, they they went to eBay, and then they go, oh, fuck, I'm ha- I have a gold mine. Can I say fuck? Oh, damn. But, yeah, uh, say many okay. fucks, it's okay. <laughs> But then, you know, some of them say, oh, they, they went to eBay and said, oh, wow. And that's the other part that we do see that there are some. And then they try to sell you these uh, monitors at some ridiculous prices, which is usually much, much cheaper than in the U.S., but much, much higher than anyone <laughs> in Denmark usually wants to actually oh. pay. I think I paid uh, 3,000 kroner for, which is, I don't know, divide that by approximately six and a half uh, for dollars. Uh, for uh, for my A14 F5M uh, or whatever it's called, uh, which I used when I was uh, uh, making the 68x, and that is the by far the most expensive uh, monitor I have bought at all. Uh, does anyone have a calculator? I was so, going to say 3,000 3, Danish krona, was it? Yeah. Uh, what's what's the symbol for Danish krona? Uh, oh, DKK, I forget. I haven't traveled. Yeah, DKK, bucks, that's something right. Like that. yeah, DKK, yeah. yeah, yeah, DKK. Okay, but, 400 but, uh, euros. Five, okay, 500 bucks. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And there and you know, uh, when 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 the guy who wanted the the money for that was just like, wow, I don't, I'm not gonna pay that. <laughs> and I <laughs> and I actually I, I started I, I bought a um, one of these Baku monitors alongside you know just to get mm. something along with it, and which I'm also gonna try to RGB mod at some point. Uh, but but uh, but yeah, it's extremely expensive. And the otherwise, the uh, more or less every other monitor I have, I've either gotten for free or have been 
spending almost nothing on them at least uh of course usually there's some driving which is you know by danish standards i have no, or by u.s standards i have not been driving at all <laughs> by danish standards it's something completely different <laughs> but uh, but but of but you know the actual pricing differs a lot there was a guy who called me up and just say come to my basement and there's uh, this huge stack of um of small 10-inch JVCs and just say, take as many as you can because otherwise you're just going to throw them out. So I just filled up my car and it was in Copenhagen. So I had to drive there and drive back, you know, with a car full of small monitors. So, and the problem is that at the, the first turn, I could just hear them all just telling us, oh shit, but nothing happened, nothing happened actually. But you know, then, uh, so I was the only guy going on the freeway with a very, very slow, and people were honking their horns at me. <laughs> but uh, now I have a, a stack of small monitors that I have no idea what I'm going to use for. Oh, yeah. But uh, Next time something like that comes up, give me a call. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll right. take the ferry to overnight to Stockholm. I'll be down there in eight hours <laughs> down to across you can, the border. You can come down and get some B&O monitors. We have plenty yeah. of those. Yeah, I wanted to ask yeah. about the B&O monitors because uh, um, there's some, I see, I see yeah, television. Uh, television, sorry. I yeah. see if, like one or two of them around in Estonia. Uh, Estonia was still a little bit poor, like still uh, recovering from the Soviet Union at the time that they were popular. So we didn't have many, but we see okay. a few and my my girlfriend loves them because they're stylish. Yeah, yeah. She's like, but they're yeah, the ones sure. you like, right? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, let's get one of those because they look, they're thin <laughs> sure. and they look great. And uh, yeah, and the it few comes that color, are here- the few that are here are kind of expensive. So actually, okay, when we come for a road trip to Copenhagen or for the Denmark, then I'm going to hit you yeah. up and take a couple of you know bring a bring a truck because you know <laughs> as I, as I said, you can really get them for free. Usually, you don't pay anything for a BNO, uh, at least very very little. Of course, there are some people who think that they can get a lot of money for these because they were expensive, and, mm. and they are they are actually still TV repairmen who sells. Uh, you know, use B&Os at, at, at crazy whack prices. You can find it on their website. And it's just like, who buys this stuff? I, I have no I have no idea. But it, oh, it exists. Somebody, somebody's chasing nostalgia. Yeah. So yeah we, we, should, we should just fill up a container. They want and, that. Yeah, they want that TV that they saw. You know, well, that's the thing here in the United States. There was no RGB. And that's the reason everything's crazy. Because yeah, there sure. was no uh, RGB. So even though we had component and it's pretty close to the, the same effect, um, I don't really know what it is there. If you take, for example, a U.S. component television with and this is a CRT television and you just put a component signal in straight component mm -hmm. and then you take an RGB transcoded to component like with uh, the first thing I did it with would have been like HD retrovision cable that. You know, it went from Super Nintendo, you get the Super Nintendo RGB modded, mm. and then you can use a component. And it would show you the scan lines, and you're like, holy crap, you know, I use component, I never noticed the scan lines. And so that kind of what started it here in the U.S., it's just the fact that there was the only thing that was made that was technically RGB, an RGB monitor, is a pro monitor. A pro monitor, yeah. And so... Um, but wait, talk us through I, again what you think is the difference between component and RGB. Because, I mean, in theory, they have the same amount of information. There's not like RGB's better yeah, than component or something. I don't know what it... Um, and maybe, you know, also maybe thinking about like... 
I don't I it, you can see like I can I can I can go upstairs and if I um there's not really anything else except I can put in S video into the TV and then I can use the transcoded RGB and I'll notice a difference where it shows mm. more of a defined scan line like the PVMs would look where mm. you'd actually see a horizontal scan line because if I don't and I just used S video I would see just as much of a scan line vertically as horizontally so instead you get a little bit of a look on there where you're just seeing the individual phosphors light up and you don't see the defined scan lines everybody loves on 240p now i'm not saying i don't know why that they well, would should, not, it shouldn't like, that be the same uh, it should be the same yeah but, so well and the, the truth is i'm kind of like speaking here out of out of a little bit of a messed up deal where i, I shouldn't have said that it's because it's not like because the, the truth is you can't like i can't go and get a component a Super Nintendo and hook it up, it probably would sure, look yeah. the same, but they didn't have that, you know. So when you go, but when you, but you can tell on a lot of the TVs when you go from S video, that's sort of what I should have said originally, sure. S video to transcoded component or RGB, and then you can tell. <clears throat> I could see a lot more of those uh, scan lines where it's like the 240p is just looks more defined on mm. um, the US set. Some of them. I'm not really, uh, yeah, I don't know why that, like, there there was never, like, it was like the U.S. was like, oh, we'll just take S-Video and be fine with that. Well, I, I think the, the biggest uh, step up is definitely from a composite to S-Video, and then yeah. again, from S-Video to RGB, your component is is, a, is less of a of an improvement, but, uh, for you know, I remember the first time I started using RGB, except from in my VGA monitors, of course, was uh, with a DVD player in... 2000 or something like that and one of my friends came in with did you try going into that menu and then change it into rgb and uh and it was like just i just remember we sat down and doing it just like whoa because it just got so defined because composite really composite really does suck <laughs> uh, sorry to anyone who's watching this who's going to get mad at me now but uh, but uh, there's definitely but, the composite fan club yeah there's a composite and and that's cool and then people go like dithering or whatever it's cool i get you but but you know when you try it rgb in my opinion at least it just looks more defined it looks better and then people say that's not the original look maybe that's true i like the look you know it's just so defined so good colors i loved it and I just remember going doing that on an uh, on a dvd when actually dvds are component encoded in the end so i suppose my dvd player was actually transcoding from component to uh, rgb but uh, it was just like a world a new world opened up and uh, you know in i don't remember using uh, rgb with my old component or with my older consoles uh, but i i also have my commodore which had <laughs> had neither but when uh, I remember my friends who did have consoles, I don't remember anyone ever talking about using uh, RGB in the days, even though our TVs were definitely capable. So there was never, wait, and that's a good question. So you guys never remember anybody say having like, uh, I'm trying to think, well, for example, the Genesis or Mega Drive, mm. it would have output RGB natively, even if it's not great. Was there never like any kind of RGB market where they were like get rgb or use your console i I, I i have never uh -huh. heard something about you know the super nintendo also outputs rgb natively it's just right. the small one that doesn't do it so so basically everything except the nes didn't but uh, you know the the super nintendo did the mega drive did um 
Uh, but were that only the only two? And of course, uh, the PlayStation, PlayStation Two, all those stuff. But I, re- I just never remember it being a thing people talked about. And even uh, up until now, when you see people selling their old PlayStations, it's always just with the composite cable. Yeah. Uh, and then now they want to use it on the flat screens, and it just looked like somebody threw up on the uh, on the monitors. <laughs> it's just, it looks terrible. Terrible. I, I am um, coming back to my Amiga story. So I, I share the experience as a pal guy with Martin that it was all composite. No one was. Uh, maybe once I heard something like buy, uh, buy high quality cables, and I, no one understood what that was yeah. or how <laughs> it was, was going to plug in. But I remember, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now though, I remember back that I had my Amiga five hundred. I did have the Commodore monitor. I don't know how my parents afforded this. And it had a SCART connector on the back. And yeah. I remember what the, I'm like, what the fuck is this big thing? And it, I, at the time, I, I mean, I plugged it in. It's pretty easy. Any Dumbo can plug in SCART. Mm. And I did it. So that must have been, and I'm pretty sure that was an RGB output, but I had no idea. I was just like, yeah, my Amiga's better than all your stupid Mega Drives <laughs> that you've got or whatever next door. Get out of here. And uh, really, it then took, I'm trying to think, that was probably when I was, I don't know, 15 or 6 probably 15 so it then took what till i was 35 took 20 more years till i understood that i had yeah, been using you, rgb scart the whole long yeah 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 and i suppose also especially with the amiga where you could actually get a more defined picture you know on the commodore it really more or less didn't matter yeah true. Uh, but 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 when you did something like to the amiga it, it it must really blow you away because Composite, the, the whole dot crawl thing, it, it just, you know, it, it tears my eyes up, you know, it's just, oh, why? <laughs> <laughs> when, when looking at it, I just don't, I just, I'm not a fan, not a big fan. But, yeah. But yeah. It's funny, um, I can kind of mimic the same thing. Growing up, it wasn't, there wasn't a push for video quality. I think it was just like, holy yeah. crap, you can play some form of a video yeah. game in your house, right? Yeah. It's not, it's not so much, because... I can remember being the oldest son uh, and cousin, male cousin of the family and everything. It would be like, go over to grandparents' house. And I was always the one who'd have to go back there and mess with like the four RF switches because it was just still even RF. And they're like, just unplug and plug it. And they're like, oh, you're so smart. You got the TV and the VCR working. And then like, you're the magician. You got rid of the blinking clock all there. And so it was. But it was it's more odd. or less just nonsense. But at the same time, you you didn't really think. Um, I never remember sitting there going, "Man, this looks like crap." I never really even think. About no, but it. nobody like, thought about it. That. But remember, everybody was talking about audio because you always had to oh, have yeah. like the uh, audio mm-hmm. cables from Monster, whoever, where the cables were so thick that you could uh, run, uh, you know, your mains <laughs> on it or whatever. And, and they had everybody was talking about that, but nobody was talking about shielded cables with a, you know, with a with a proper screen and all that stuff. It's just like, nah, whatever. But if your speaker cables were were extremely huge, yeah. that was great. That's a that's, good point. That, that's, I, that's a really good point. Now I reflect back. Well, I was telling Steve, I think when I uh, when I was in university, I lived with a mate of mine who wasn't at university, but he was a professional network cabler, like installing mm. cables. So any like you wanted boxes of Cat Five, we got it. You want crimpers, you want the whole thing, we could do whatever you want. 
And uh, my friend Jay, he put in a really nice home theater, a couple of Sony uh, tower speakers. And he had that in the year 2000. And I remember he had a, um, a black Sony KV CRT. And it was mm. all, you're right. We was all about, oh, now we've got home theater. Now we've got this surround sound. We exactly. never talked about the quality of that CRT. Never once no, did we think exactly. about that. Exactly, and people want digital connection from the DVD players down, so you didn't get any loss through analog cabling. Blah 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 blah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know why. Uh, I don't know why at all. I have, I have no idea. The, you know, it's it's apparently a thing of the of the of the tens or the zero. Uh, that now that we talk about RGB and and video again, because I do remember that when you. Um, you know, when you, with your monitor for your PC, everybody talked about refresh rates and you know how 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 well was the cable. But again, the the same thing. Of course, if if only fifteen kilohertz, it's not that big of a deal. But uh, but still, you know, the proper VGA cable had a lot to say about how your monitor performed in the end. So apparently, we were we were aware about it at, at you know in that respect. But nobody actually had the idea to transfer it back to the to their console or whatever. Mm. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> it, it wa- and it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't like a main. I think it wasn't just like a mainline idea. Like there was a lot of. You could easily go during this time period into a high fidelity audio store, and anybody could walk in there and be. You know, I remember growing up. I I remember that was one of the coolest places you could go was go to like an elect big electronic store of some sort and they'd always have this home theater room and it was mm. just yeah. like some insane lock like you close the doors you yeah. press these buttons to turn on this specific speaker <laughs> and it would just like blow your hair back and that was the that was the big move lewis yeah. and i were literally talking about this yeah. before you came on we were like why because we were talking it's so funny we've been i've been doing old land wiring in my basement here my wood grain basement i'm wiring ethernet all over and uh we're talking about wiring and i was like yeah i have this ridiculous sound system that was like 7.1 and you're using 300 yards of speaker stereo speaker wire to set all these speakers up and that fad just kind of like went away uh, but like you say, at the same time, people weren't like, "I need to do this for my video quality." It's like the same thing. It wasn't, very little. At least it wasn't as passionate. No, there wasn't that no. kind of a scene. Hmm. But yeah, it's just an interesting thing. Yeah, we were saying like that because uh, it was it was two point one and five point one, and oh, you haven't got the seven point one home theater, <laughs> and I'm sure that still happens. But now I, I think with the way speakers have evolved, most people have just got a speaker bar. My friend has a speaker bar, and it's got two detachables on either side that are remotely operated. So you don't have any wiring anymore. You take the speaker bar, flip off the two ends, put them to the back as your two rears, and you've basically got an amazing home theater system just off that. It's it's almost yeah, like well, sound still, has sound has topped out now. What can you do more with sound? Something like that. I, st- I still have a huge ass uh, uh, home stereo thing that I bought, I don't know, 20 years ago. Or something like that. I still, I still have that with wires going through my over my roof or not my roof, my loft or whatever you call it. Uh, and, and and you know, I, I I cannot move my my television right now because then I would have to rewire those speakers, and I'm not doing that. So so our living room looks like it does, and that's it. And that is based on those speakers. That's how that, it is. <laughs> that's the exact same thing I was telling him. I was like, at my old house, I went in and I did the fancy thing where I like drilled a hole in a certain spot on the wall. 
and I'd set up all seven of those speakers or whatever it was and all around and wired it to there and then like, you know, pulled rope down to where I could pull them all out of the wall in a nice spot. But like you say, you're like, ah, this is never, my wife hated it. She's like, when we moved to the house, you can put all that in the basement, but we're not having that again. <laughs> Whereas they were stuck there. And then it, it was funny because after like the last 10 years, I think I turned it, I turned it on like twice a year. Yeah. yeah they were going you by. just like, don't mess with it. Just, kids whatever <laughs> but the audio thing yeah it kind of like it it topped out on its max uh whatever it was going on back then like right and then and then it kind of does seem to follow suit with the timeline of technology that was at the period right where they started introducing flat screen televisions everywhere so people had a new thing to go chase and new flat screens were so expensive back then. That was the new gold standard was trying to get just a flat screen in your house mm. at that, like that time. You remember how, um, uh, you know, well, well, in, in, the US, you, in the US, you had all these uh, rear protection televisions, which, you know, was yeah. basically non-existing in Denmark, at least to my knowledge. I, I, I know uh, you mean well, like the early high def stuff that was the, the, the doesn't you have to be high def, you know, just just these big 50 oh, yes, inch yes. Uh, rear projection yeah. or whatever it was you know especially even just the big crts you know i don't think i've ever seen anything above 29 inch in denmark that wasn't a 100 hertz widescreen 32 inch something you know these uh, these 7 uh, 37 and even 40 inch televisions that you have you know which must be humongous uh, you know i have never seen anything like that in denmark i, I guess it must be uh, again this premium you know space thing that uh, that that space is just a bit more of a premium in denmark than uh, it is in 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 the us i suppose it's just an idea yeah I have there's no proof a lot a lot of a lot of you know open space in some places depending on where you live if you're in a city you're not going to have the same but the sure. there was yeah there it's funny you mentioned that because i now I'm, I'm having flashbacks of my grandmother and, and grandfather in florida they had this um, it was completely wood box and it was like 50 inches four by three projection television mm. with mm. the worst picture you've ever yeah. seen on it. And it, yeah, I mean, this hot. was early nineties. And I remember going over there and, uh, my grandmother was also the first person, the same grandmother was the first person that I had ever seen had a regular Nintendo. And mm. she got it, and she made me and my sister go watch her play it till she was tired of it. She's like, oh, yeah, come check it out. And she sat there and played for like an hour or two, and she's like, I'm tired of this. Now you guys can play. <laughs> so she made <laughs> us watch her play, but she was the one who owned the big TV, and the big TV was literally in the room next to the room where she had the Nintendo, mm. and she would play the Nintendo on this little, you know, stupid 13-inch <laughs> or less television. And I was always like, Grandma, why can't we put it on that big TV? And it was always like, oh, no, we can't damage. We can't risk any way of damaging that TV. The TV specialist says if we hook that Nintendo up, it'll screw it up. And it, what? And it wasn't, it wasn't what? true. No, it wasn't true. <laughs> no, 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 I'm pretty sure it wasn't. No, oh, no it because wasn't like later, uh, on, yeah, la okay. later on, you know, they kept the television till mm. I met my wife. And it was like 2005-ish. And we would laugh because I would go take my regular Xbox and, and hook it up through composite to this TV. And it was terrible looking. Oh, I must look terrible. Oh. Yes, because, you know, the convergence was so bad. It, mm. Everybody would have like a green, red, blue, like <laughs> shadow 
hue around But who, who told person? the lie there? Grandma or the TV? Oh, Grandma. It was Grandma. grandma. Okay. Oh, that was yeah, that was She's cool. like, she didn't want anybody. See, it was one of those weird TVs that like if you pushed on the screen, it would like jump. Do you know? Okay, it's, yeah. It was like a plastic. It was literally projected yeah, against yeah, 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 some yeah. kind of like plastic screen, at least on the front end. Mm. And if you touched it, it felt like you could almost stick your you know, hands kind of threw it if you pushed it hard or something. It was really just like a weird... Yeah, it's almost like a theater screen or whatever yeah, you call it. it yeah, was. Yeah. it was. Yeah. And it was... Silver screen is like... Super terrible. But I, I remember that one of the few real Dixon TVs I saw in Denmark uh, was, uh, of course, something imported from the US, and then some guy had changed the mains of the voltage thing through, so it could run under 230 <laughs> volts. The problem was then that when you feed that a PAL signal, and it was only meant for the 480 lines... Oh, it looked like crap, you know, uh, <laughs> so, uh, captions and subtitles, you couldn't read it at all because it was so jagged and everything, you know, we we were missing a lot of this, uh, you know, a lot of the image information was just scrapped by whatever process or what it was in this stuff. It was atrocious, atrocious, mm. really, really, really. So, so I have, a, I have, I really have a... Uh, a thing against reproduction televisions, and it's based basically on that one television. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe that is unfair. They, I have no. No, it no, it's not unfair. They're complete. They're complete trash. I yeah. remember that was like the first, the first high def TV I got. Um, remember, I told. I think I told you, Lewis, how I had that college fire at my mom's house. Oh yeah, like yeah. When my house had burned and down, and and yeah. I was in college. Yeah, this is a long time ago. I talked oh, about yeah. it. But anyway, I had a college. I went or I went to college. I it was the uh it was like right before you'd go to break to go home for Christmas and it was th- the weekend before exams. And I went and I was like, "Well, I'm moving out, so I'd go ahead and move all my stuff back home." And then went back for exam weeks. And the, the house burnt like that Sunday night. The house just burnt from three levels all the way up. And after that, with the insurance money, we got one of these big widescreen <laughs> Um, DLP televisions that was still way wide, you know, and it had again, it had still had the weird pl- even that late in mm-hmm. the game. I want to say that would have been about two thousand and two or three. They would still those rear projection TVs, man. They'd still have that weird plastic front, mm-hmm. and they were just. I mean, it was nice when it came out, kind of, because you were like, "Yeah, I got a big screen in the basement finally." But yeah. too bad it sucks. It's too it's too bad it still sucked. Yeah, <laughs> I see a few of as I look around in Estonia online. Occasionally, a rear projection will come up, and they're all like Martin says, fifty inches or something stupid. And how am I ever gonna? They're how am I ever gonna like do something with this? Um, what what I think happened in Estonia was we didn't get many rear projection TVs, but just before that, let's say, like you said, the the widescreen 100 hertz, and even just before that, the golden age of the last great 4x3s, there's actually a fair amount of them here in Estonia. If you want a Sony Trinitron consumer model, just mm. wait, a, wait a few weeks. It'll, it'll come up, don't worry, and it'll oh, really? only be like oh. 20 bucks. And my theory is because... Um, Estonia, as it was coming out of the Soviet Union, so 91, 92, I mean, 91, 92, everyone's poor. No one's got no money. It's really tough. But as you start to get to the end of the 90s in Estonia, that's when people actually had a little money for the first time. They worked for 10 years. Estonia's opening up. Viva la, you know, revolution. And got you know, we love capitalism. So 
and a TV at that stage, I think, was one of the things you could afford. It was like an affordable mm. luxury, an affordable symbol. Uh, so there's a whole lot of 95 to 2000 great consumer TVs because people wanted to show they're rich. Oh, and yeah. like, and even there's even a lot of like, I find weird things from that time. There'll be, I'll go to some friend's place and they live in a old Soviet apartment building. It's called a Khrushchevki, uh, named after Khrushchev, who was the Russian leader who basically stamped these things all over the Soviet Union. They all look the same. So it's some old concrete Soviet building, but uh, inside they tried to renovate it. And I found a whole bunch of people had these weirdly techno showers. Like the shower wasn't just like a shower, like you go in with a little screen. It was like a whole unit, like a upright tank or something. And I started to, again, ask myself, why are, why have you got this? And it's got like jets that squirt from up here and down here. And at every angle, you could close this door and just be encased. And I'm like, why have these people got these crazy fucking showers everywhere? And eventually I settled on, again, it was the early luxuries that you could afford for a few hundred extra. You could feel like, oh, I'm showering. I'm a, I'm like, a king. Uh, yeah, I'm a king, right? That's how these things go. So, hey. well, we're not on, we're not doing the retro shower channel. So we're not talking well, about that. No, no. Uh, yeah, well, before we move off of bathrooms, I find this <laughs> is a very compelling conversation. My, so my wife, she spent... Three years after she grad, and I met her at the end of this. After she graduated college, she graduated with a degree in international business, I believe, and then um, she studied Japanese as a minor. So she went to like this place that is just in the middle of nowhere in Japan for three years and taught huh. English. Cool. And the only reason I'm going back to this bathroom thing is she told me you know over there in japan they don't have like toilets like normal toilets it's like a hole in the ground and then like you squat over that hole and just hit that hole it's so funny to also. me because like that is so, like um, in, in america that is so like there with people would not know what to do if they saw that <laughs> they'd probably poop their pants and just hold it <laughs> If they walked into a bathroom and it looked like that, and I mean like grown people, like my grandparents or something mm. would probably do that. They wouldn't know what to do. Are, it's still what, there. It's still, what if are you, go you to guys, Japan I know today. And I know they're still there because this is what I talked to her about. Yeah. And then I've watched videos where guys like, hey, let's go in this bathroom. And he's like, oh, look, oh, oh toilet yeah. on the floor. But they do, they actually also exist in Europe. Uh, so at least, I was uh, going to say, what are your guys, are, do you guys have normal toilets there in Europe? In, in Denmark, yes, yes, yes. But I, with my workplace, I, I've been all around the world. And I know in some factories, actually, you know, I've seen these toilets like this uh, where I remember, you know, if I, if you know, when you're working at, in a foreign factory, you just have to ask some where's the toilet, and then they guide you to this place. And it's like, do you have another toilet <laughs> that is that is not a hole in the ground? I, where's uh, the real toilet? Yeah, yeah, that was funny. Ha <laughs> ha. Where's the real toilet? <laughs> So, the thing with so, the Japanese, yeah, yeah. though, that the Japanese <laughs> as a culture, I guess, have gone from this traditional kind of hole in the ground thing to now it's fucking techno toilet. They've yeah, Elon Musk taken another, off to Mars. Yeah, she said there was another guy in. Uh, so, so in the the program she worked in, it was like they would send people from all over Western countries, right? European. She had friends from Australia, and they would do the same thing that she had done. They would get a work visa for three years to go teach English in um, a town in Japan, and they would just, you know, assign you a place. 
So she would meet other people and uh, she's like, yeah, well, you know, mine was the whole or I, I can't. She, it was always funny how she would talk to like other people and they would have like a terrible bathroom and then because they would get assigned housing. It was like you get to rent an apartment as part of your job. And it was like you got assigned this house and one of them got assigned a techno toilet where it was like they're like, man, you never want to use another toilet after you use this one. It's got, you know, warmers. And I mean, this is like 20 years ago. Water gifts. They're like spray, yeah, spray warm water all over you. <laughs> Basically do all your your work for you. It's like the choices. Could you imagine like if, if, if you, I, I would feel like I wouldn't care what town I was thrown in in the middle of nowhere if I got the techno toilet. <laughs> Compared to getting the crappy yeah, toilet, yeah, yeah, I, would, I would be like, yes, we win. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes, for sure. <sighs> God damn. All right. Well, I miss, I, talk, right? Yeah, we got the talk. I guess we could go on about toilets, but we'll move on. <laughs> I could, I'd love to have a techno to, toilet outside of to Japan. Tubes. So let, let's do talk, though, about, um, let's see, some of the projects. Now, I have been, uh, I feel kind of bad because... I have not been able to like get up and cheer and make as much. Honestly, I have not. I've been holding your card, the the uh, 68x mm. um, demo card, and I'm like, I'm not. I don't want to make hype videos about this thing when we're talking about how we're still trying to get this initial run. Yeah. Now, yeah once yeah. I talk to Ryan and like the run's ready, then I'll be ready to make like a good video about this card and everything. Because it's kind of like the thing I was talking with Bob. I'm like, we're, we're this is such an unfortunate time period. It is normally it really is. normally Martin would be like a hero, and everybody would just you know all these people would have your stuff in their BVMs, and it's just like so disappointing that you finally get to the point where something like a BKM 68X has finally gotten reverse engineered and is buildable, no matter really the price. And uh, even at that, it's it's almost impossible with way it's, it, and, last you know, two years. It's, it's 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 really it's so uh, what I don't know what you call it when when you know when I made the when I made the card because I remember I, I, as Bob called me up and said, hey, do you actually have a monitor that can take this card? And I'm like, uh, yes. And uh, and then you know he 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 got the card for me so I could look into it. And then uh, I spent a lot of time on it, and I basically at some point I, I, I didn't give up, but I was like, ugh. And then when it finally works, just like, oh, 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 you really, really hyped up, uh, hyped <laughs> up about it, and everything just then quickly went on, and I actually got something working. I sent the the few pieces to Bob, so he um, he made his video, and then you know this whole part sort of thing just crashed down. And uh, I know Ryan has been uh, working hard on trying to get the components. And you know, as far as I know, he has everything, and everything is hopefully uh, going to uh, into production soon, as far as I understand. But it's just been a, bit, a real um, anticlimactic when I had hoped that we can actually get this stuff out. And I know there's a lot of people who's, uh, who's been have been done the pre-orders at Ryan's, and they're like, "Where's my card?" And he has to push the 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 timeline all the time, or the time frame, whatever you call it. And it's just. You know, I, I did the card because I wanted people to have the opportunity to, to actually do this. Now what it seems, the only thing that it has done is that the A-series prices have skyrocketed, apparently. <laughs> so, so I, I, you know, six months ago, you could see, I, I saw a guy who gave away an A20 because he didn't have the remote and there was no card. So he's like, nah, what can I do with this? And it's just like, 
you know, fast forward three months and he could sell it for, I don't know what they go for now because the American price is just whack. But but I, I know he could get a little bit more than $50 for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. and, and it's just, but it's, it's still, it's kind of sad because I, I wanted this stuff to get out there so we can also see, you know, what issues might there be. Uh, if, if if any, and, and and we can improve it if, if needed. But uh, yeah, until this uh, shortage happens, and at least until Ryan gets the uh, the initial run go uh, coming in, then we are still somewhat in the dark. So, uh, so except, Martin, you, know, you, you admit yeah. to your market manipulation. I think Carl Jobs is going to be making a video about you. Look at you manipulating <laughs> yeah, we're, the BVM we're market. The BVM. Yeah, except, you know, did I speak about that in Denmark? We have all more or less no uh, monitors, so I have nothing to sell. <laughs> that, 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 that's a, a moot point, Lewis. I would be the biggest, I would be already crowned as the biggest CRT market manipulator. It's so oh, funny. Oh, you I, are. It's all, it's post, all the Illuminati. I posted, Stop manipulating CRTs. All right. I, I, po- I always uh, hunt on eBay just because I think it's fun and you used to be able to find something every few months in the United States but now it's just like a wasteland mm. of like it'll literally be like I'll go out walk out in my garage and I'll look at a pile of crap that I have in a corner and then I'll get on eBay and it'll say new PVM listing get this lot of tw- 12 PVM CRTs for $7,000 and it looks worse than the crap yeah, lot i'm that. like when do i throw this away right i'm looking at it saying when do i throw this away somebody else is like oh seven thousand dollars pick up only come get your new crt collection <laughs> but Repairs i have no, needed in the u.s it seems like there are some or like a few very well-known retailers or whatever you would call there them are. like save and pat but there was also there was a guy nick i think he was called or something i, I don't know his real name or anything i just remember that there has been, i have seen like uh, a few, uh, three or four uh, names of people who seems to come up again and again and again. When when we and I was, I'm sometimes thinking, are these guys? Do have they been hawking the market uh, or something like that? Since they are always able to often s- shell out pretty, uh, you know, expensive hardware, and they seem to have it. I don't know how it works because. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just odd that these people always come up. It's a sh- it's a shady thing where, uh, and and I don't get into it too much anymore. The guy the guy Nick you're talking about, he still does have a store where he sells BVMs and PVMs, mm. but he's been relegated to Etsy. Okay, where like he got. I know that I don't know the story behind it. He got finally booted off eBay. He was doing things against their policy and this is no argument like there's no arguing it he did it and he, he would get called out for it because you'd list a 20l5 or a bvm d20 and then you'd sell it he'd sell it for market value right but he would list the same damn pictures like you took you have 25 of them instead you just take a picture of one of them in your warehouse and then you send it around well you start selling these things at thousands and thousands of dollars to nerds like us and if you get, if they get it in, what's the first thing they're going to start doing is comparing what they got to the pictures that they were sent. Yeah. And then it's obvious when you include a, a serial number that's like a VIN number from this monitor in your picture and it doesn't match the one you've got. I mean, yeah, it's like sure. dead giveaway. And it's like mm. and he kept reusing the same pictures. So eventually somehow he got himself finally banned from eBay. And uh, he's been over at Etsy. People have said he does a good job, but he definitely sells things at a premium. Uh, I heard a story that he just basically got a uh, a sh- shit ton of monitors uh, out west off of like auctions uh, mm. before anybody knew what they were, and it was like you go out to 
California and if you had 10 grand, you know, and some guy was closing up his rental shop mm. where he had 150 grand worth of monitors, if you had 10 grand, you could buy all of them, right? I mean, if you had 10 grand cash you were going to give him, you could buy all of them. So I think that's what he kind of did. And then he only takes you three or four monitors at the price he's selling them to get your money yeah. back. Yeah. And so I knew that he was doing that. And then I'd talk to other people again three or four years ago that were in California where he's at. And they're like, yeah, I went and I've been trying to get this guy to give me monitors. And then the day he says he wants to sell to me, Nick showed up. The same guy had like bought them all before. But I was like, well, you can't. I was like, that just this guy is just being a businessman, unfortunately. So you can't. Mm. Yeah, you got to yeah. be ready. And that is the American way. For some of these way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, if you got the money, sure. some guy you walk out the door without the merchandise, you know, somebody behind you could walk in and, and give the money and it'd just be gone, no matter what the person promised you. Yeah, so, for sure, for sure. Um, I know that's what kind of goes on. I, I was very upset with the way the guy would do business back when he was on eBay, and I did make some videos kind of calling him out on it. And uh, okay, ever since then, it's kind of been quiet from him, um, but. You know, it's it's just there's not as many there's not as it's it's gotten a lot more limited on who sells them. Yeah, like you it, said, they they think they've gotten a gold mine. Yeah, yeah. I see the the few the few broadcast people that I do have contact with here in Denmark, which is of course because I'm not from the broadcast community at all. So I you know I have to go to Facebook, ask around, do you know this guy? And the problem is still that the value of the monitors is still to them so high that when I come in and say I'll pay you a hundred dollars or the equivalent of a hundred dollars, just go like what really no right. because they 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 paid ten thousand bucks for them uh, ten years ago and so it, it it I think although I I saw one guy who was actually still using him though he was using his A20s in his setup but otherwise you know they are still in basements and I think the people who actually have space for them. They, 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 if they think that they're worth a shit ton of money, and I guess they also, after you find the right customer, then everything is worth a shit ton of money. But I think there's just a lot of still holding on to them because it has value to them still to some degree. I know uh, another guy, he had one that was calibrated. Uh, you know, he paid a lot of money to have this one color calibrated and everything. So he just used it as a reference monitor and used it, meaning it sat in his corner so he could use it if he was ever going to even though he didn't, but you know, it had some uh, affectionate value to him. And I suppose that uh, you will also battle with stuff like that uh, to some degree with, with, with broadcasters who were, uh, especially smaller broadcasters, uh, you know, all the big broadcasting houses in Denmark, I, we don't have that many, but the few that we have, they, they've all put, either they've sold everything or they keep some of it, you know, for as props or something like that for TV productions, I suppose so. Yeah, that's that's kind of um, I, I think that, you know, the U.S. isn't that far behind that. I, 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 it's a lot rarer for me to see people getting loads off of broadcast studios or mm. places like that anymore. Those are those are really becoming few and far between. You'd, you'd hear about it a lot three or four years ago, but a lot of that stuff has been dried up and uh, picked through. And mm. it says something people about who are the hunting have, have found it, but then. 
I'm it sure says there's something still about some our hobby. There. Like what yeah, happens? But, it's kind of drying up, you know. Exactly, exactly. You know what will actually happen to the hobby when, when, when you know the monitors are sold, and you know I have a lot of monitors, and I'm not. I don't think I'm. I can. I can't use them at all. But but you know I I have like you know I want to keep it because if one breaks, then I'll have another one. It's <laughs> it's, it's just so stupid. But you know, and <laughs> but but the thing is, you know, how many people actually have these big stashes, and then then the the market is like, that's it. As we also see these new scalers coming out, like the RetroSync and the OSSC and everything, then I guess you are, we also are to somewhat. It will be devaluating, if you can call it that, the hobby, and then only the hardcore people who you know likes the CRT for pure nostalgia and not just looks, because I think the looks is also a thing. But uh, I don't know; it's a it's a tough decision. Yeah. But all these CRT scalers that you know they have or filter CRT filters that they put on the scaler, so you can more or less get the same feeling uh, of the of the image uh, with with these ones than uh, just like the real thing. Well, close to the real thing. I personally, yeah, of course it's a... there's always, um, no matter how much you can, you can mimic the image, but you can't mimic the rest of the CRT. You know, it's no, there's the whole always glass the glass thing in. Yeah. Oh yeah, the glass, the body, yeah, the shape, yeah, yeah. the sound, the feel. Like you can't go and feel the like loss stat- of volumetric space. <laughs> Static. Yeah, yeah. No, like the Is broken Is there something backs. to that? But. Because this, uh, it's it's kind of come out in the last, I want to say, even six months. All of a sudden, now Mister's got these amazing yeah. CRT filters. There's a lot of work done on filters, and I feel like a lot of people are genuinely getting excited for that. And I'm good for you. And we're an hour and fifteen into this, so I can be a <laughs> I didn't dick. Even think about it. So, but I'm like sitting back there, going, "Have all the filters you want, but I've got my stack here of precious beauties." Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Keep telling yourself it looks exactly like a CRT. I'm, good work. Yes. Yeah. Good. <laughs> I'm happy with people like making those filters. That's fine. And yeah. At the end of the day, it's exactly. I'm like, I've got 60 CRTs. Why am I? I don't really care about CRT filters. If I want a different look, I can go grab a different CRT. Yeah, get, grab a different but monitor. That's just because I'm a weirdo with too many CRTs in my house. <laughs> well, but you are probably so, like, max weirdo in our hobby, let's, Steve. Before we jump off here, let's do jump yep. back and like if anybody's still here, like at this point, I'm sure there's a few people. We should besides, edit out the toilets. Though. Besides our, our, yeah, if they made it through, besides my relatives, right? <laughs> besides those. Yeah. No. So the one project though that you're working on now that's the controller. Yeah. That should be a little easier, hopefully. For people to get parts for, you think? I mean, I hate yeah, to say you know, that. All the, yeah, you all, know, all, all this stuff, you know, it, and again, it, it depends even, on how it's going to, uh, you know, what's it going to look But You know, what I showed you, uh, these small pieces of PCB stuff you can buy from AliExpress or whatever, uh, so so you can get something running. Uh, I, since I want to put it into a small 3D printed box with a small PCB, then, of course, that's still something. But you can see the part shortage is basically from the, you know, all these hardcore components like FPGAs especially, which is just like it's it's a wasteland. There are no FPGAs out there basically available. And uh, so for, for this one, it's, it's, I think it's much easier. I don't think it's that big a problem. Um, then then I, what I, another project I actually want to do is that I want to try to look into making a composite to a composite an S video decoder, so we can make uh, the um, the BKM uh, 129W uh, card and uh, you know the BKM 
61D, all these stuff, it could be interesting to try to make, be able to do that. There is this one uh, transcoder, the, I don't know how to pronounce it, the, the Koryu or something like that. Yes, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. And I would basically like to try to do something like that open source. You know, a lot of the uh, of the hardware of the Koryu is open source apparently, but not everything. And I just wanted to try to, is it really possible to make an open source um, a, a, a composite decoder and because that would make us give the option to try to make all these other cards that people also want because yeah rgb is fine and component is fine but we still have uh our, our, um, composite only uh, consoles also and people would just like uh, composite only and so for the the small the d9 the d14 which it has no composite and um, then you know why not try to do that also? So that's also so another project. You're talking about baking that into a card, not just a separate yeah. transcoder into... Yeah, right. yeah ex exactly. You know, uh, the thing is that, of course, if the Koryu or whatever, uh, is, if that was open source, I think I just had taken that and smacked it onto a card and be done with it. Uh, but but since it isn't, uh, I, I wanted to try to see, is it really possible to make at least... Um, because I know uh, the Koryu uses two, comp uh, two chips... Uh, which are off-the-shelf parts, one which digitizes the signal and then one which uh, uh, moves it back into the analog domain. And uh, both those two chips are just off-the-shelf components and I wanted to try to at least replicate one of them, the, uh, the, the digital to the analog part, uh, because maybe then at least, again, the more parts we can get rid of being uh, reliant on from the industry, the, the, the more we can keep the... Uh, you know the hobby going and the opportunities uh, for for everybody to make new stuff better. So, on on the this card, are you saying that this one would like the the composite card that that won't need? You're thinking you can design that without the need of an FPGA? No, no, it, it will need an FPGA. I'm yeah, that's sure. what so, I was. So, I was yeah, thinking yeah, it, it still it, need it that. Will, so, so, so that sucks pretty stuck. hard because then hey, there we are again uh, with an FPGA right. that we can't get. But, uh, those are those are good cards. Like I've got a sixty-one D, and you're right. It does. It's the only card like for that A series that will do composite. Yeah. And S video, and even that card now is impossible to find. It's actually becoming ex exceedingly rare, and I suppose a lot of that is because of the sixty-eight X was uh, or is still somewhat unavailable, and uh, so then people were at least able to buy that card instead. But then I would like to have you know the more options we have to getting rid of all these. Uh, crazy cards of which there are so few you know the better and especially the thing with the remote is also a thing that because i can i'm pretty sure that there must exist more monitors than remotes yes. in 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 the world so 100%. so there are there yeah. are definitely more monitors and remotes because again most of the situations with these high broadcast monitors it would be one remote controlling uh five six displays exactly or, yeah or sometimes a lot of them didn't even buy remotes. They relied on a remote that was in built into a 14-inch BVM. Oh yeah, a lot yeah, of them yeah. had that, and they would use that as the control monitor for all the larger ones. Mm. Mm. So, so I think uh, that will also make uh, you know more of these uh, monitors more available. Simple. Uh, to, and and uh, again, this uh, the the this uh, the 11R uh, version here is something that, you know because. Uh, I didn't do the I didn't reverse engineer the BKM 10 uh, R protocol. Another guy had uh, has done that. I just took it and I'm trying to make something that is producible, so a guy like Ryan can actually make ready, you know, ready to go off the shelf uh, uh, units that we uh, that is sellable, either on eBay or wherever. But just so because even though that I like tinkering, I know that a lot of people just want something that they can plug in and then it works. 
So so I, I suppose this is what I I would like to try to do and make it more available to people. I so like that idea. Also because I think I think composite on a BVM is great. If if anyone ever thinks ever thinks that a BVM is a bit too sharp, run composite in and it <laughs> I like the balance of the two, mm. just to be a crazy guy. Okay, I got an expensive BVM and I run shitty composite in. So I think that's cool that that card. Hey, well, I had and, a and- Martin, I had an extra question. Um, sure. Kind of similar, which I didn't. I, I listened to the last interview you did with Bob, and I mm-hmm. think I didn't understand. You made a reference that early on, when you were designing the first card, I think the first card was the one two nine. Is that yeah one twenty right? one twenty nine X? Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm getting confused, but you made a reference that at first you had a weird connector plug that you didn't. That it was a bit unsure what it was. Did you have some, or did I misunderstand that there was a weird connector on an early version? A weird connector. Yeah, like a uh, weird external plug. Maybe I've heard that conversation wrong because I was like, "What is this weird uh, I'm, connector?" I'm, I'm not sure because because the the one twenty nine X was actually extremely easy to do. Uh, extremely easy. Uh, yeah, I can do everything. No, no, no but it, it was. <laughs> I no, guess in it, comparison to the comparison, it, 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 yeah. exactly in, in comparison. No, but the one twenty nine X said there were no really big issues with that. That I don't know if if maybe what you what I was talking with Bob about was that when I first started up the um, the sixty eight X and started listening into the data coming into the monitor. There was so much data because I had no idea what I was looking at because what um, I was plugged into the main bus of the whole monitor, so I was seeing the data coming to the power supply, to the deflection board, to every, and, and I didn't know what was what because on the on the one twenty nine X I only had the communication only for that single card, mm. so I knew what to look for. But on the sixty eight X I just had everything, so I had to figure that out. So I know maybe that was uh, maybe. That was what you were Maybe that I, I think I, 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 I was on the bus or something. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't remember any any weird plugs. At least. Uh. Also, I read uh, I was going through your blog today, and I think in t- for the one twenty nine X, you referenced mm. on your blog a language setting, and that could be English or Japanese, and you implied in the blog that. The game, like the mon, the monitor could have an English or Japanese setting, and that was fed back into the game. I think you call it Quack Shot, uh, the, the 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 game. Again, what? have I misunderstood? Uh, did you read my blog? <laughs> Your blog, yeah, Imahux. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that other Martin blog. Yeah, that other. That other uh, Martin blog. Uh, I, just I don't know. Your, <laughs> go to example. Oh no! Oh, I think this is. Uh, wait, 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 what? So what about well, the jet? Well, yeah, oh, this well, is oh this is the, this is something for the Mega Drive. Uh, oh yes, I remember. Seeing I, don't, I don't even remember uh, writing this, but I can see that did write something about Quackshot. An example is Quackshot. The what? what huh? <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, but this has nothing to do with the monitor. This is simply just how the uh, this is how the the game. Uh, oh, it's in the Mega Drive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, okay, so you've been scrolling through everything, but I guess because when you look at the page, it just comes all the way down there. But yeah, yeah this no. this was just because I wanted to try to make a more recent version of the, of, you know, how to make these 1560 hertz thing, and there's a lot of, you know, within this whole mod- modding uh, community, 
there's a lot of confusion about what is really the truth about why something happens and everything. So I just try to document something a little more than I usually see because a lot of guys is just like, do this and do this, and then something works. And I'd like to try to see why do you have to do this because this and that and this and this. But, but yeah, but Quackshot cannot make your money to speak Japanese. It cannot. Right, now <laughs> I get it. Now I get it. I got to stop reading these things on the bus that's, on the that's way home. That's the, hot, that's the hot take right there. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, dang, the, the monitor talks back to the thing. Thing and tells it, Jesus. You're like, I just hacked Quackshot on the Mega Drive to make my BVM speak Japanese. There's, yeah. the hot, there's the hot take. It's not possible yet. Sorry. <laughs> we got FPA, I have no further FPGA questions. shortage. Sorry. <laughs> Lewis has no more dumb questions. He's good. But no, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I can see it. I don't know why. Why? Because when I when I look into the, uh, I, I'm right now. I'm, I, I hit my webpage somehow or this blog, and it says reversion in the Sony BKM 29X. And then if I just start scrolling through it, <laughs> then it just you know easily transfer it goes into this second mega drive tooth you know it's really That's hard to see that they are two different uh, uh <laughs> it just articles. looks like it just looks like one of the crazy yeah you know, so I, co <laughs> I come from arduino into a, a region modding a, a mega drive. okay i can i understand why <laughs> okay, you're now I, can so, I can see that no that, so that, that's WordPress for you, apparently. I haven't done everybody, that on Everybody, WordPress, yeah. But everybody go um, familiar, familiarize yourself with uh, what we're talking about here. Check out uh, Martin's blog page. It's awesome. I, I mean, it's the cool thing is, like I said, he's done a great job, much better than even I have. I, I'm constantly worried about this, just like, again, because at the same time, I've made over 300 videos about CRTs. How does anything get, like, not, you end up losing stuff in your own pile? It's like you got a pile of this information, and then now I need but this a uh, library to direct it. But uh, yours yours is awesome because, again, I love that you could go back and pretty much easily find information that's cataloged from a long time ago. But this is actually funny because the whole blog is has never meant to be a blog. It was meant to be a notebook for myself. <laughs> uh, so if you go back to the earliest of the articles, you can see something like, why is my uh, Microsoft Office 365 installation <laughs> getting stuck? And that was because at my, at my work, I was also doing some of the IT stuff from time to time. And I just kept having the same problems over and over as I documented for myself. Because I thought if I had these problems, then probably other people had the same stuff. So I did, that's why you can also see some of it is about some uh, water faucet from Ikea. Uh, <laughs> where, you know, how can you actually uh, uh, dismantle one or disassemble one or whatever? I can't remember how it is, but there, there's a lot of stuff. And it's only until 2018 or 17 that it actually starts getting oriented uh, about, you know, th towards the CRT and uh, the more, and the console stuff. I, I gotta admit, I don't think I ever made it past the Quackshot post. No. So <laughs> I, I didn't get to see the archives about the IKEA fossil. If you go to Fipper 2017, you would see it. That I I think I apparently found out what kind of of wrench I needed to be able to pick out some of the the filter. Blah, whatever. But it's still there. If, if somebody wants to replace the filter on his IKEA dealt care arator. <laughs> Ooh, man, if we have one viewer that that solves a problem for, they definitely better give us at least a thumbs up tonight. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, well, right, I mean, should we wrap it I up a little know. bit? Yeah, I was going to say it's been an hour and a half. I don't want to oh, yeah, sure. go on too long. I mean, I've. I, what do you think, Lewis? Is there anything else that you had questions for Martin? Or? I think I've, I think I'm done with my questions. I've been yeah. through <laughs> we questions. Yeah, I, and I don't know if Martin, if there's anything that like you want to mention. Just, I mean, I, I, you're definitely welcome. I think it would be great if uh, once. Maybe once the stock situation becomes where at least the first run's available on the 68X, you come on, and maybe we can play with it. Um, yeah, sure. Just, you know, what, you what know, I, the, I would really like, I would really like that people, uh, if if they want, you know, if they read the blog, there was there was there was a guy who contacted me the other day, and he was like, he said he he, he felt a bit like honored to be able to speak to me. I was like honored, really. <laughs> you know, it's like, nice. and, and and you know, people maybe just because I've done some of these th things that. Some people find really cool, and and that's of course really nice. But please, if there are anyone who has any questions or something, just write me. You know, my email should be scattered around here somewhere, I suppose. So, uh, and uh, and uh, you know, just write me with whatever questions or suggestions or something that you have. I you know, in the in the beginning when I made the one twenty nine X, people started writing me about, hey, can you do the sixty eight X? And just like no, <laughs> and, and and people just constantly hammering me. And at the time, I actually made a, a um, you know a small piece of email that I could just copy and paste in why I wouldn't do the sixty eight X. Uh, and then I did it a couple of months later, but that's another story. But so I, I can say, please don't write about me about the 68X. I actually, if anyone out here builds one themselves, then please let me know what issues you have or, or whatever. If you find something, it would be cool to know because there are really not a lot of these cars still out there due to the shortage. So, yeah, and I'm not, like I said, I, I've got, I've been fortunate enough to have, I found a 68X normal and, and I'm mm. waiting with your card and I'm like, I, I've told Bob, I'm like, I'm not pushing anymore. It was literally one of the things I had a conversation with by that dollhouse with him. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I feel terrible because I really love everything Martin's done and I just feel like a, it just sucks because I can't sit here and just keep, uh, Again, like it, the, you know, what happens if I sit here and build the hype for it? Like you said, the only thing that's going to happen is A series BVM is going to become more expensive, and it doesn't really help anything. It's just going to get more people who have already paid and been waiting. It's going to get mm. them anxious. Yeah, yeah, that's not fair for you because you're you know you keep doing all this work and open sourcing it or selling you know giving all your information out. And one more thing, if you're looking for Martin, you can easily find him on all forms of social media. I think. Yeah, because I've seen I you guess. post just about everywhere. Yeah, usually um, in, in the in, in the Facebook groups, the two the CRT collective and the professional video blah 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 monitors. Uh, yeah, group. I usually post everything there, and of course Twitter and uh, and uh, Reddit and stuff like that. Again, uh, it, it's basically it's not to commercialize on myself because uh, you know uh, my there are no ads on my website or anything. But it's uh, I just want to you know the more we spread information, usually that's the better. So the, yeah. it's a, it's the whole idea of it. Good. I like it. Great nice stuff. way to wrap it up then, I think. It is. Uh, all right, yeah, thanks Martin, so much, stay, Martin. Thanks for stay on the us. line, Martin, cause, uh, but I'll end the recording uh, pretty yeah, soon. Sure. So, thank you. All right. Thank you, Martin. Thank you for taking time to talk to us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Thank you for uh, blessing me with your stories about toilets. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never forget it. Oh, all right. <laughs> no. uh, Martin, Martin, we finally got Martin online and he talked to, with us for... 20 yeah, minutes about toilets. That's all he uh, talks about, isn't Martin. This the CRT part? Well, we He's good with the plumbing, cards, but oh, the toilets. <laughs> the no. All right, guys. Thank you very yeah. much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Uh, wait, wait. Oh, stop recording. Yes, stop recording. There